Welcome to TWW, The Weekly Wheel, where each week the Dharma Wheel rolls and delivers you new content available anywhere at any time in your everyday life. We present a mindfulness service, which has three components. First, meditation. And then we meditate with sound through chanting. You can have your mind wander when you sit in silence, but it's very difficult to wander as you chant. You need to focus on the next character, on your breathing, on the next line. And if you pat yourself on the back too much or become too self-aware, you'll miss a line. And then lastly, we have something called active listening, where we lean into and really listen to the Dharma talk given by our senseis. You could think of silent meditation and sound meditation through chanting as preparatory to get our minds focused and open and clear so we can really listen clearly and really take in the Dharma. And in a sense, it perfumes the mind. The mind is slowly changed as it hears new points of view, new perspectives, and new approaches to dealing with life. It's set up much like an in-person service. It's led, moderated by multiple voices. So you get a variety of opinions, a variety of, of perspectives as you go on your journey. So I hope you will join us now for this mindfulness service presented to you by the people at The Weekly Wheel and the Orange County Buddhist Church. Thank you so much. We will now have seated meditation. Take a moment to see that your back is straight and centered with your shoulders relaxed. If you're in a chair, it's best to sit forward slightly rather than leaning on the chair back and keep your feet flat on the floor. Try keeping your eyes half open, resting the gaze gently downward, without focusing on anything in particular. In the same way, be open to whatever sounds are coming into your ears, whether from inside the room or outdoors. We are not trying to isolate ourselves from the world around us, but rather feel that we're part of that world. If you like, you may count your breaths from one to ten. Inhale deeply, let it all out. Try slowing down your rate of breathing relative to what it would be at other times. We are not trying to think about anything in particular or visualize anything. We simply watch our thoughts come and go.
Please put your hands together in gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 You may stretch your legs and then please stand. We will now have our standing meditation session. Your upper body is in the same position as for sitting meditation. Straight head and spine, shoulders back, eyes half open, hands comfortably positioned in front. Legs should be shoulder width apart with knees slightly bent. Again, rock forward and backward and side to side to find your center. Standing meditation reminds us to take our meditation practice out into the world, waiting in line at the store, being stuck in traffic, going through TSA security at the airport. Over time, meditation becomes a practice for the body and mind that can be recalled when needed most in situations that may be merely annoying, perhaps frustrating, or even stressful. We will begin at the sound of the bell.
Please put your hands together in gasho and bow. Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz. Return to your seat or cushion. Sitting in this way, we might wonder what purpose we are achieving. Actually, there is no specific purpose. I think it's really to make us aware of what sitting is, what breathing is, standing is. What are these simple activities that we do most of the time without thinking about them at all? We'll begin our second sitting at the bell.
Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 We will begin uh, sutra chanting. Sutra chanting is actually a portion of a sutra that we will chant. Uh, most sutras are far too long to be able to chant in one sitting. So for us, uh, we're usually chanting a verse out of a longer narrative or prose. And that's why uh, each line consists of perhaps four or five or seven characters. When we chant, we read from left to right, just like in English, and we move down the first column, and then we move to the second column, and so on. Open circles uh, represent bells uh, for the chant leader to ring. So we always begin a sutra chant with two bells. Whenever we change a section, we use one bell to kind of signal that we're changing uh, from one section to another. And then when you end a sutra chant, you always end with three bells. Each syllable here is written in Romanized characters, English characters. And each syllable here represents a kanji, a Chinese character. And it's written phonetically. It's the sound of the character. The vowels have the same pronunciation independent of location or their neighbor. So this is different from English. And the vowel sounds, uh, I've been told, resemble those in Spanish. So we have A, E, I, O, and U. And they're pronounced A, E, E, O, and U. And then uh, you'll see uh, italicized lines. Uh, those are leader lines that I chant alone. And you will also see underlines under some of the characters. And that means that rather than each character getting a single beat, an underlying character will get a beat and a half. And to kind of make up that little extra time, the next character in line will only get a half beat. And what you do is you don't really concern yourself too much about the meaning of what's being chanted. This isn't flashcards. We're not trying to learn something. This is a ritual. And so we chant together as a feeling of oneness. Don't worry too much about how you're doing. Be aware and mindful of each character. Uh, this is a form of meditation. Uh, rather than silent meditation, we're meditating through sound. So, you know, you see the character, you say it, you forget about it, you move on, and you say the next character. And over time, it becomes effortless, and you'll begin to memorize it uh, without realizing it. We will now chant Ju Gay. Yeah. 
in The First Noble Truth. When I talk to non-Buddhists about Buddhism, something I come across is that people think Buddhism is just one thing. What I often get from people is that it's all about sitting in meditation and magically feeling good about yourself and the world. For myself, before I went to OCBC, Orange County Buddhist Church, I must admit that I had never heard of Shin Buddhism. Now, of course, it is a central component of my life. Buddhism has spent the last 2,500 years transmitting around the world. Not only would it be impossible for it not to change, but it was designed to be organic and able to change to suit the new areas and cultures it enters. When the Buddha was dying, he said to his disciples, go and speak in the language of the people, meaning speak in a way that people will understand and help them the most. When asked, I usually tell people that there are probably as many schools of Buddhism as there are Christian denominations. Usually the main difference is an argument on the right path to enlightenment. In Shin Buddhism, we are given a break from that difficult path and use the teachings to lead a better and happier life. Thank you, Shinran. But no matter what school of thought, all schools of Buddhism have Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. Don't worry, I'm not going to go through each one. I'm just going to talk about the First Noble Truth. But before I do that, a little side note about the Eightfold Path. Here they are. Right views, right thoughts, right speech, right conduct, right livelihood, right energy, right mindfulness, right meditation. They are normally listed in this order, and sometimes as one through eight. We like to number things and put things in order. There is not really an order to the Eightfold Path. You do not need to start with number one, master that, and move on to number two. Think of it as a circle. Jump on wherever you want and keep on going. You can also see it as something that organically happens to you as you live your life in the Buddha Dharma. Ultimately, they are considered the cure for the First Noble Truth, Dukkha. Difficulty. Dissatisfaction comes from not living in accordance with the truth of impermanence and interdependence. Now, for my latest personal issue with interdependence and impermanence. I've been a bookseller at Barnes & Noble for about 15 years now. One person I've worked with for all that time is my buddy Trevor. No, Trevor did not pass away. It's not going to be one of those kind of stories, as he is alive and well. Trevor and I have not just had a good working relationship, but we have seen each other through a lot of major health issues and other very personal stuff. Trevor decided to live a quiet life and was transferred to one of our stores in San Luis Obispo. After 15 years of taking things for granted, this leaves a big hole for me. Causes and conditions have struck again. So we do not have a choice on what happens to us, but we do have a choice on how we react. Although this does bring up the issue of whether or not we have free will, I choose not to discuss that at this point in time. I can be mad at Trevor for leaving, or I can be a friend and be happy he is doing something that will be beneficial for him. That seems like an easy decision, but it actually ends up not being what we always do. We stray from the Eightfold Path. Now, along with doing the right thing for a friend, things change for me. In fact, things change no matter what. Impermanence 
In 15 years there, I have worked with a lot of different people, most of which I have liked. I have survived going through all that have come and gone, and I will survive Trevor leaving too. This is why we need to cherish the moment we are in and the people we are with. We can look back on all that we have gained and learned, but we need to go forward and keep moving with the flow of life. We will miss what we had in the past, but our connection with these people will always be part of us, and who knows what the future might bring. In Gusho, Matthew Stoll's Minister's Assistant. Today's program was presented and produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church. This podcast is copyrighted 2023 by the Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, all rights reserved.